Today's Words and Nerds podcast is sponsored by The Accomplice by Steve Kavanagh. If you were married to a serial killer, would you know? Steve Kavanagh's follow-up to the best-selling 13, 50-50 and The Devil's Advocate is his twistiest yet. The Sandman serial killings have been solved. Daniel Miller murdered 14 people before he vanished. His wife Carrie now faces trial as his accomplice. The FBI, the district attorney, the media and everyone in America believe she knew and helped cover up her husband's crimes. The only thing between a life in jail or freedom is Eddie Flynn and his team. Steve Kavanagh is the master of the twist and The Accomplice will keep you guessing right to the last page. The Accomplice is released in Australia on the 26th of July. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode where we bring you literary goodness straight to your ears wherever you are. Today, I welcome Alison Datto. Alison Bray, as she was known, began working as a model in both the magazine and commercial worlds for Coca-Cola, Speedo, Cosmopolitan, Clio and Dolly. I remember carrying Alison around in my school bag on the cover of Dolly. It's very exciting. Um, Alison was also the face of Portman's and Jackie E and in 2013 achieved a degree from UCLA in early childhood and embarked on a successful career in childcare. She still teaches and has created alongside her husband a podcast called Separate Bathrooms with Nova Entertainment. I love a fellow podcaster but today we're going to talk about Queen Menopause finding your majesty in the mayhem. Welcome Alison. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to talk to you. I'm just so interested in women's issues, changing the narrative for women. I think there are things that people are still really uncomfortable and awkward to talk about. Menopause is one of them. Menstruation is one of them. Don't even mention the word single mother to people, all the negative (laughs) connotations that come up. Yeah. I'd really love to unpack a lot of that, but really focusing on your book too. Before we get started, can you give me an elevator pitch as to what Queen Menopause is about? Well, look, it's really it's really a book that I wanted to write for all those women who have been going through menopause or who are about to go through perimenopause. And I'm not sure what it is, what it means, what the end goal is. Um, If you needed, like if you need someone to kind of hold your hand through it. I went through a rough time with mine. I felt incredibly lonely. And I, that was really the reason to write the book that I thought this is a terrible thing that there's women out there like myself that knew nothing about it. Um, As you said, it's still something that people kind of say in whispers and, it's something we don't talk about. And that was like, this has to be spoken about. And women are so powerful. We're so creative. We're so strong. And particularly as we get older and it's like, we can't let this menopause journey just be it and be the end of us as fabulous women. There's so much more to us than that. So it's just such a natural part of life that 
I kind of wanted to normalize in a lot of mm. ways. Absolutely. And there are so many conversations I think we still have to have, you know, about women. But why do you think, I don't even know where this, I was thinking about this, where this came from, but why do you think we're so, not you and I, but other people in society, so uncomfortable about menopause and menstruation and all these things that, like, you know, you say in the book, half the population experience and is a very normal thing. Why are we so weird about this? Yeah, look, I think it, I think it harkens back to, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago where anything that happened with women, particularly around the genital area <laughs> in Western society was sort of connected to, um, you know, witches or it was connected to sort of women going hysterical or it was just, it was just a taboo thing that, that sort of became dirty or wrong or it, particularly, as I say, in Western culture, like there's so many other cultures that celebrate um, not only the the beginning of periods as such a magical, wonderful thing, but also growing old as this wonderful thing. And somehow it's just been embedded into seemingly the Western world that it's it's something that's embarrassing and that we should be ashamed of and you shouldn't talk about it. And I, you know, I even have women saying, oh, I would never talk about that. You know, this is, and I understand privacy. That's That's a whole other deal, but to somehow feel ashamed of our bodies and what they go through, it's just it's just sad, mm. you know. And the history, you probably read it in the book, the history of menopause is just atrocious, yeah. what used to be done to women's bodies and to try and cure it and, mm. you know, cut, removing the clitoris, like this was going to help, you know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I'm pretty uncomfortable about, not talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But speaking about that as well, you know, as well as that, on top of that, you know, women's pleasure is rarely talked about. I know we're coming into that narrative now, but, you know, if you talk about sex, it was never for a woman's pleasure. It was for procreation or for man, yeah. you know, so all yeah. these things we're still catching up in 2022. It's wild. Look, I, and, and I'm not, this isn't a shameless plug, but my husband is in a movie at the moment called How to Please a Woman. And it is literally revolutionary. It's a group of like women our age and, and even older and how they want to be treated sexually mm -hmm. and how the kind of sex that they want to have. And I sat there in the movie theater being amazed that this was on screen and there was, there was, you know, naked women in the background of this shower scene and women that were bigger and, and flabbier and cellulite, like, like we all are mm. and it's like why is this shocking to see and it shouldn't be like this is what I see when I go to um change in a change room but finally the media like it's it, it's here we are we're not yeah. seeing some perfect looking woman you know in the shower scene but it was really like it really stood out to me and I thought that's exactly right we're still not talking about mm. women's pleasure I mean there, yeah. there's certainly we're talking a lot you know there is a lot more coming out I think and there's some fabulous books but um coming out about that too but yeah it's still something that yeah it's got to be about the man first you mm. know it's you know it's bizarre yeah. and particularly when you become a mother you know I speak a lot about this I'm kind of obsessed about it is when you become a mother your identity is becomes you know, just that, you know, and we're always referred to as the mother of two. And, you know, we really need to take back that narrative of, you know, we're more than that. And, you know, we're not invisible when we age and all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I remember, um, I mean, if you, you look at just how they describe a woman 
in the press. They never mm-hmm. say, um, you know, Rodney, father of two, but they never. will say Miriam, you know, mother of three. They'll, that will be part of her description. Yeah. So it's always so interesting to me. Like, I, of course, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to just be described as a mother of three because I am, but but Cameron is never described father of two. Mm. No, the narrative like, is completely different. I agree. Like I love being a mother. I love every, well, 99.9% of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the 0.1% is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's bigger than that. But, yeah, it's really interesting how men and women are perceived. You know, men will be the businessman or the sportsman or whatever, and we're just always the mother of two. And like you said, I don't mind being the mother of two, but it limits us, I think, in our experiences yeah. and who we are. So it's interesting that we, I just, it drives me mad that in 2022 we still have to really push for these narratives and conversations but we do because I think for a long time women haven't had a voice in any of these spaces yeah absolutely and it's still like I was you know just I keep on bringing this up because I just found it so fascinating you know with Grace Tame Mm -hmm. and why people were so outraged that she didn't smile at the Prime Minister and as if a woman can't be angry you know, especially a pretty, a pretty woman as she is. And it was just, it was, it said a lot about, and women were offended that she didn't smile at the prime minister, you know? And I thought, well, have you, do you know what this woman has been through? She doesn't, why does she have to smile for anyone else's reasoning? Because she's just a a woman, you know, Mm. like they wouldn't have said that to a guy. Never. Have you ever heard anyone tell a man to smile? No. It's just weird, right? And that's, you know, entrenched in our worth, you know, whether we're smiling or whether what weight we are or how old we are, like, and it's entrenched in our identity. And I loved this quote, and this quote was everything. You know, we live in a world where women are still mostly seen as second class, where our beauty is our currency and our aging bodies render us somewhat invisible. And I hear this from women all the time. Once you hit a particular age, you just become invisible because we, you know, beauty or our appearance has been our currency. Like, tell me about this quote. It's so important. Yeah. And it's, it's just something, you know, it's, it's an interesting perspective in the sense for me, because I was in that industry, I was a model and I left that industry um, when I was 20, two or so I did a little bit more wow I didn't know you were so young when you left the industry for that long really in a lot of ways but you know the beautiful dolly magazine you know did did a lot lot for me (laughs) but it was um you know and then I I went off into a whole other different form of careers um but it was interesting coming back to Australia uh and you know I was living overseas for that time and no one knew that I'd done anything in the modeling world but coming back to Australia where I had, you know, the career as a, um, as a model and just sort of feeling the difference there and, and people wanting to compare me to the young me and, you know, oh, you're still pretty or you're still beautiful. Or I had one guy, God, it was hilarious. He was following me on Instagram and every time I would post something from back in the modeling days, he would like, oh, I love this one. Love this photo of you, darling. And all this. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then I posted something about how uh, uh, it was um, changed the date for uh, January 26th. And so I think we should change the date. And he said, um, he said, oh my God, look, you were pretty when you were younger, 
but um, you know, you having an opinion about this has just really turned me off. I can no longer follow you. Wow. I I bet you were sad about that. I was so sad. (laughs) I was devastated, but it was kind of like, yeah, look, you can be pretty and young, but don't be old and have an opinion. No, Then I don't want to know about you. And it was sort of like a little microcosm of sort of somewhat of the macrocosm in yes. a lot of ways. Oh, that's horrific. Oh, yeah. God. Don't have an opinion. Just be pretty and be pretty. Close Just be pretty. And, and see if you can still look like your younger self. Like that's what was really important <laughs> as well. <laughs> I love what you said about women being powerful. I, I worked with a woman who was probably about my mum's age and she just said, you know, don't worry about ageing because you just become more powerful as you age. And when she said it to me, I was, I didn't quite understand it. But then as I start to age, I'm like, oh, I think they I think she's right because you have, you know, most of us in, you know, a particular age gap, we are financially independent. Um, you know, we've had our children. So you're not sort of in that. I always think, I always remember motherhood with young kids being really dark because I was always up in the middle of the night, you know, my yeah. kids never slept. So that sort of darkness of motherhood. And, you know, we begin to really just care less about, things that don't matter. You know, it is interesting when you see your face changing, I think. I think, you know, I need to acknowledge that. It's interesting when you go, oh, look a bit different to 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you kind of, you kind of let it go. You know, you kind of get to that age and go, you know what, there are so many more important things about us and we're more than, you know, the sum of that one part. And I think that that's what's so that's 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 one of the gifts that um, you know aging and and menopause. I'm now postmenopausal has really given me, and I'm so grateful for it because, um, and not that I was trying to hang on to my youth. I never felt in that way, but you know it was alarming when I was putting on all this weight and I was seeing my face change and I I couldn't shed the, the muffin top and. But as the further I got into it and the further I realised this is so, as you say, it's so the last thing that's important about who I am. And once I let go of, of that and realise what's important about me is, is who am I? What is my brain? What have I got to say? Who do I love? How do I love? Mm. What do I know? What can I share with people? And being able to get to that place in my life for the first time is so liberating and it's so exciting because I've been so you know, with my mouth shut for such a long time that it's like, it's so nice to be able to say, this is how I feel. This is Mm. how I think. And if you don't like it, that's okay. I don't mind. I don't need you to actually like me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's right. And it's about, you know, your family and your close friends, you know, as long as they're accepting of you and you're loving each other, it doesn't really matter what old mate stranger says down the road (laughs) that's right yep (laughs) but it is it's really freeing but you know I still think you know we grew up in a time you know where I remember all those articles you know get rid of your cellulite make sure you're this skinny and your BMI and and it sticks you know even though that's years and decades later it still sticks with you so it is actually a real challenge to go no 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 we are so many more things than this and that you know can't be my identity And so aging is a really interesting thing because as much as, you know, I'm a feminist from, you know, definitely it's still, if I admit it, it's hard to let go of a little bit, isn't it? Because it's so entrenched. Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And you've, you've got sort of these beautiful celebrities who are, you know, the JLo's of the world who are incredibly stunning. This is what a 52 year old woman looks like, Jennifer Lopez. I'm like, 
really? <laughs> I mean, yes, she does look like that. And she is 52. And she's got, you know, amazing genes and she works really hard. And she's got millions of dollars to spend on herself to look that way as well, which is amazing. And you go, she's, I love Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, totally. Even as you, even as you get to that age, we're still being compared yes. to somebody else. You know, yes. there's still the comparison that is constantly we're still constantly being picked apart. I cannot stand those articles that say dress for your age or dressing at this age. Right. Like, I can dress however I want. Or bikini body. Get your bikini body on. Hang on. If I've got a body, I'm bikini ready. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. It just drives me crazy. How to have your hair when you're 50. Hairstyles for 50s and over. I'm like, I'm going to have my hair however I want to have my hair. Like, why do I have to succumb to what a magazine tells me at what age? So, I love that so much. Yep. Yeah. There's still so much. There's mm. so much. And and as you say, like it's still embedded in me. I'm still pulling, you know, the little fish hooks out where they hook, hook me in. You know, I'm not clear of it at all. So mm. I'm getting much better. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think personally I will ever be completely free of it. Like you say, you try and you try, but it's it's part of, I guess, you know, the bigger society and yeah. what we've seen and what we've grown up with. I think now we, all we can do is, you know, help change the narrative for, you know, my daughter and my son. I, I read this article once that said, as a mother, you should just walk around the house proudly with your body in your underwear or your nighty or whatever, because both boys and girls need to see that a woman's body actually changes from week to week depending on your menstrual cycle depending on a whole bunch of things and to normalize that because otherwise they're going to see women's bodies in magazines and the internet and they're going to have a really you know you know not a correct um, accurate assumption of what women's bodies look like so that really resonated with me it's just like just get in the pool get in your swimmers and let your kids see you know the real person and that will sort of help them as well I think that's that's really interesting yeah I love that I love that. And just, and living, living without feeling they have to hide or, you know, be ashamed of what they look like. And look, I am the first person to be guilty of that because I have said in front of my children, oh, look at, you know, I feel so fat and I can't wear this dress or this doesn't fit me. I look so ugly. And then I will hear my daughters repeat that, you know, at some point. And I just Mm. go, oh my God what a mistake that is to belittle myself in front of my children. It's just, it, it sets something up for them. You know, if they can't see their mother loving their body, mm. how are they going to love their body? Yeah. You know? no, so that's, that's a mistake right. that I, I made. I would go back mm. and change that if yeah. I could. Yeah. Um, but it's about having these conversations and it's about acknowledging, you know, the things we're not going to get everything right. Being a parent or a human, like, you know, we can't expect that from ourselves either. But I had an experience with my young boy who was about three or four and I was having like a daggy day trackies, didn't brush my hair, just went to the shop to get something. And he pointed at this model on this, um, you know, the front of the shop and said, oh, mommy, she looks like you. And I just wanted to cry because kids don't see what you see. Totally. You know, you're so critical of yourself, but your child, particularly when they're young, they just love you so much. They think you're beautiful no matter what. And I thought, oh, you know, I really have to just be a little bit easier on myself because yeah. this child thinks I'm amazing. <laughs> you know, it's a real wake up call. You are everything to your son. Mm. Absolutely. And, and he thinks you are the most beautiful person in the world because you are to him. 
Yeah. And know? it's a really and that, powerful moment. Yeah. And when we start chipping away at that in front of them, it's it's confusing. Yeah. Too, so yeah. absolutely. And getting back to your book, I just love this conversation we've had, but I do want to talk about your book. What were the main things that you wanted to, I want to say, expose or to have people understand about menopause? Because it is something that we still whisper about or don't talk about it at all. Yeah, look, I, I basically everything I wanted to talk about. That's why I just wanted to write as raw and as honest as I could about my experience. So because for me, if someone tells me how they're feeling deeply about something that I'm also feeling, I just go, oh, God, I feel so much better that yeah. you are having that experience. Not that I'm happy you're, you're struggling, but it's like you feel that way too. I thought I was the only one. So I just really, I really wanted to write about, um, you know, the most, the most part uh, that I really was challenged by was the mental and emotional breakdown that I felt I, that mm-hmm. I was going through and that I had, um, you know, the changes in my relationship with my husband, that was really challenging. And, and also highlighting that point in the sense that, um, you know, not, not that we should be, you know, focusing on, on our, on our other half but you know it's hard for them as well yeah it's hard for them to see their partner going through something that can be really challenging that they don't want to be touched they don't want to their libido's gone um they might be really grouchy and so many marriages break down over this time and i really wanted to talk about that and how it went for me and my husband but mostly it was about my mental health that Mm -hmm. i really wanted to make sure that to be aware that this could be something that you might go through and and to go get help Mm. and thank goodness that that conversation is so accepted now I remember in my 20s I've always had pretty bad debilitating anxiety and you just didn't talk about it you just dealt with it inside and you know you didn't mention it because you didn't know what people would think and now it's such an easy conversation to have and you're right it makes you feel so much less alone you know and I went through post um, postnatal anxiety as well which you know was quite an experience and there's still even then wasn't talked about that much you know so I just think these conversations are really important about mental health and the changing mental health of women depending on you know menopause or childbirth or post post childbirth because these things are really important and yet we still I don't think we talk about them enough yeah yeah I agree that there there always needs to be more talk about mental health and and the ways it can affect you because we're so yeah, it's so easy to dismiss someone and just be, well, get over it. You know, mm. you'll be fine, mate. And, yeah. you know, we have that mentality a bit here in Australia. And it, it's, you know, if someone asks you, how are you? You know, I want to tell, I actually want to tell people how I am. <laughs> but, you know, there's some people I know I've just got to say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, you know, thank heavens I have some people that I can really say how I feel. But, you know, I think that. Yeah, the mental health, there's so much that we can that we can still explore and talk about. And particularly with women, you know, where we're trained from such an early age with our periods to just, just sort of suck it up. Yeah, you got cramps, honey, you're gonna get them every month. You know, we're still like, okay, every month we go through that. And as I was saying, then you've got endometriosis and then you've got labor pains and then you've got a tearing perineum I mean there's so much that we go we just go okay I'm going I'm still going I'm still <laughs> taking the steps I'm still m- moving through this and and it's like you get to this then you get to menopause and I was like really there's more <laughs> I don't 
I, I can do it. I'll do it. But bloody hell, I'm going to talk about it. Absolutely. <laughs> There's more to being a woman. Oh, my goodness. As if, you know, 40 years of having a period wasn't enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, you touched on it a bit too, like childbirth is something that people don't want to talk about either. And I love people's childbirth stories because it makes me feel a bit normal because I said my friends had children quite young and I had them at a later stage in life. And I said to them, you never told me what childbirth was like. Like, are you kidding? And they were like, we did. You just didn't care back then. (laughs) Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) We need to hear all the bits and pieces. We also need to hear... That's the thing about menopause is well, we also need to talk about what's good. Like mm. what happens at, at postmenopausal? Like, oh, what, tell what, me. Tell me what happens at postmenopause. Yeah. Look, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. And I I can I can say that um nearly all of my symptoms have gone. Um, I feel stronger than ever. I feel more excited than ever. I feel incredibly creative. Um and and it was something that I had the more I interviewed women and talked to them it's more I heard about that and whether or not that's like psychosomatic where I just was like okay that's coming for me that's where I'm going (laughs) it truly is just you know but if someone could have told me that in the midst of my darkness Mm -hmm. honey you're gonna be okay because uh, you'll get through it and there's so much you know light there there's so much joy that you've got for the rest of your life and and it gets so much easier um and the changes that women go through seem to be really positive. I mean, I know it's not that that way for every every woman. A lot of women have sort of also said, oh, it's hard and, I, you know, I lost my husband, I lost my job or whatever. But in general, it seems like, you know, you get to that post phase and people are like, oh, I've run the rapids and now I've landed on shore and I'm like doing my little postmenopausal dance and... <laughs> really good (laughs) I love that because we so rarely hear about that story we hear that it's hard and you know we hear all these things that happen to us in negative sense but we never hear about the other side and I think that's an important narrative we need to talk about as well like what happens with women post 50 like we're interested and if you know people are going to deem us invisible as we age we just need to take up more space yes Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. No, we're not. Half the population are not going anywhere, right? And everyone, I mean, you're lucky if you get to this age. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think you don't have any choice but to embrace ageing. So I think the more we talk about it and the more we accept ourselves and we don't, you know, um, hang all of our identity on our appearance, I think, you know, we all still will to a degree. And I think that's okay too. But as long as, you know, we talk about, we try and change the narrative about women in all those ways that we've explored in this period of time as well. Alison, it's just been such a delight to speak to you about this really important topic. And like I said, I was a little bit excited too, because I'd seen you through my childhood (laughs) on on my favourite magazines. I learned everything I know from Dolly and Cleo and Cosmo. Didn't we all? Good or bad, I don't know, but I learned everything I know. Yeah, totally. And then to see see this book and it's so inspiring and I'm so about, you know, creating new narratives and and taking up space as women and talking about those things that we're so awkward about. So, you know, we're going to be saying menopause and menstruation and childbirth and periods a lot, I reckon. I 
reckon. I think it's a, I think it's a fabulous word. You know? <laughs> I think let's. I think we sh- should be talked about in the office and absolutely you know, wherever we can. <laughs> well, it should be normalised because you know the whole soldier on culture, which I'm really yeah. against. You know, you got mental health issues, just soldier on. You've got yes. your bad period, just soldier on, and it's it's not good for us. No. You know, sometimes we need to just say, I need to stop. I'm not feeling great for whatever reason, and that's got to be okay. Absolutely, absolutely. We've d- we've done enough of the soldiering on for sure. Yeah, enough. No one wants to soldier on. It's like the super mum. Super mum's dead. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> we what don't is a super mum. <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> and, and we never wanted it all. You know, people say, yeah. "Oh, the woman who wanted." It. I I didn't put my hand up to want it all. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite. You know, I'm busy with what I've got. Thank yeah, you. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elson. I've had such a lovely chat and your book was really inspiring. And I know that it is going to help women. And, you know, I hope men pick it up too, because they have wives and sisters and girlfriends and daughters, and they need to understand this as well. So it I think it's so a book good. for everybody. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a chapter in there for, for the fellows. Yep. Um, and I really, I really would love for them to to learn more about it because I think it's it's going to help them absolutely as well as their relationships and just understanding. You know, I have discussions with my son about periods all the time because he's a human and he needs to know about them. You know, and I think men need to know about women's issues and women need to know about men's issues, and then we can all understand absolutely. each other a little bit more. But thank you so much for your time and for writing the book. I'm looking forward to um, you know whatever else you come up with and you know helping to change that narrative for women and taking up that space so thank you so much thank you